thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the sensational, with the awesome superstar co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, it's Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, Damo? Uh, Marcus Pierce, you're so kind. Mate, Very I just, well, thank you. This is, well. the, this is the third time you and I have spoken today uh, on separate occasions, and I just said to you earlier, just a double dose of Damo action is a great thing. Huh. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy your company. Damo, I thought we could talk about exercise on the podcast today. We've spoken about food. We've spoken about some of the general wisdom that we've uh, learned um, so far on 100 Not Out. But I thought, you know, it's, it's really quite... We know that exercise is common amongst the people that we've been speaking with and, and in our own independent research and our own anecdotal, um, just, you know, our own lives. Um, but I thought we could talk about what you and I have both learned from everyone that we've that we've interviewed and and uh, and also share what you and I do on a regular basis just to instill um, some of that you know for want of a better word normality into the exercise um, world because would you agree that exercise is something that you know almost as much as food people are confused about what to do how to do it how often to do it and so on yeah oh, look, more, I think more people are more confused about exercise than anything else like I think do you food, think people are more confused about exercise and food I do, I do. I think that for all intents and purposes, most people know what a healthy food is. Even if they think that low fat's good for them, at least they've got some kind of consciousness about it. Um, you know, maybe there might be a little bit of confusion around whether or not margarine is good for you or bad for you, um, and that butter's better than margarine. There might be some confusion about that. Um, there might be a little bit of confusion about having salt. You know, whether or not you should have salt, and of course you should, but you know, some people still think that you shouldn't, um, and some people. You know, might actually think that red meat's still bad for them, but actually it's not. And the same for eggs. Eggs are very good. So, you know, for most of the time, it's just the myths that kind of that they just kind of perpetuate and they kind of just mm. keep on going through. But with exercise, it, there's so much conflicting information. Should you be doing cardio? Should you be doing load-bearing exercise? Should we be doing resistance-type training? Should we be doing um, uh, interval training should be doing Tabata should you be doing CrossFit should you be doing you know membership at a gym all these sorts of things you know there's so much stuff that's more confusing than anything else Mate, I'm going. confused just listening to it um, <laughs> but yeah and now let me guess you know from my, if someone asked me what do I do and, and I'll ask you what, what do you think people do my answer would be that you just you mix it up and you don't have a rule about what you can and can't do. You just do what you enjoy yeah. Um, and and yeah, and make sure that you enjoy it, but just make sure that you do something. Yeah, that's it. I think like some kind of movement seems to be ideal. Now, you do see many people out there and the likes of Tommy Hafey out there pounding the pavement, Walter Bortz out there doing marathons. You know, there's people that are out there that are doing a lot of exercise and you may not need to do that much exercise. In fact, there are some people that do very little exercise, but just the constant continual movement um, yeah. can be can be hugely beneficial. Yeah, well, I love um, – It's I reckon watching these older people exercise, there's just so much wisdom in watching them move. There's some great videos on YouTube if, you, if anyone's um, – on YouTube, and they either type in Okinawa, you know, centenarians into YouTube. You see ninety odd year olds like 
climbing trees, picking citrus fruit off trees, or they even catch up on a weekend. But it looks like like little athletics where they just and they jog around the oval. But you're right, Damo. They're not doing um, intense out there, you know, crazy. I suppose, you know, unrelatable exercise. They're just it's the constant movement of life. Um, is that what is that what you're leaning towards? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm leaning towards that. Just the constant movement. It's the ability to not be stagnant. And I think that stagnation, which we all know, makes makes water go bad, and it makes the you know things rot. When things stay in one spot, then you know mold will form, and so will moss. Um, and as the saying goes, a rolling stone gathers no moss. And I think this is exactly what we're seeing here. We see that when people move. They don't get rusty. They don't get arthritis. Things aren't going poorly in their body. They actually look good, feel good, operate well. And uh, and that's exactly what we talk about with the Okinawa experience. And we see that with our centenarians and the people that are aging well with the podcasts that we've done. They're moving well. Okay, Damo, I've got um, a bit of wisdom here. I've got Walter Bortz's uh, great book, The Roadmap to 100, in front of me. And yep. you've just been talking about some benefits of exercise. Here's a list um, from Dr. Walter about some mm-hmm. of the effects of aerobic exercise. Um, positive improvements in the function of the heart, a strengthening of the muscles, ligaments, tendons, and the joints, and improving blood pressure control in particular it lowers high blood pressure increasing the high density uh, lipoprotein hdl the good cholesterol as people talk about lowering the triglyceride levels um, or fatty substances in the blood assisting in weight control by reducing body fat alleviating muscle pain which is a big concern for people that are aging a lot of them are in pain reducing the rate of occurrence of various types of cancer particularly colon breast prostate and lungs and he goes on to to mention some specific studies which show that preventing osteoporosis Preventing lower back pain in many cases, um, reducing the incidence of stroke, improving the functioning of the immune system, so on and so forth. I mean, and even talking about diabetes as well. Um, there's a lot to go on there, isn't there? Well, I was on mute. How about that? Sorry about that. Yeah, there's <laughs> so much to go on. There's so much to go on. You know, and you might need to actually rewind that just to replay that list because the list is longer than both Marcus's and my arms put together if we're standing in a tea bar. Like, it's just <laughs> so long. That's a massive list. But, you know, you, you not only, you know, if you if you want to gather that list together, there's other things that people say as well in terms of the, the huge amount of benefits. You know, even just your emotional and physical well-being, what you wake up feeling like is influenced by how much exercise how much oxygen is circulating through your body your relationships with people are actually better because you're less grumpy you, you know you've got a whole lot more um a whole lot more to give and a whole lot less to take when your body is you know working much better yeah and the depression factor as well damo i mean again i'm not going to refer to specific studies but everyone knows i would i would think that when you exercise you do feel better about yourself you feel better about the world you feel better about your problems that's it, um, that's it. you're in a much better headspace and people talk about it you know i'm ready to tackle the day after i've exercised or i'm ready to take the world on but you do have that feeling uh, uh, when you exercise and again the, the more science minded people would probably refer to the endorphin rush or the endorphin release of the um, that the brain releases when we exercise and and from what I've learned, it's that same um, it's that same endorphin release that we get when we achieve a task. It's mm. almost a positive feedback loop of self-esteem, of feeling good about oneself. And when you feel good about yourself, it's very difficult to be depressed. And um, and that's what I find when I speak that's to true. people. Well, it, it is, isn't it? It's true. Yeah, if you feel great, you feel great. Like it's just it's just you feel great. So why would there be anything to be depressed about? So you're spot on. You ask people when um, when uh, you know as they age, what what would they 
most hate to get in terms of the what I call the ABCDs of aging, and that's you know arthritis, blood pressure, cancer, cholesterol, cardiovascular or depression, um, dementia, diabetes. Mm. And you you have a look at. Um, I ask this question when I do my talks, and I say, which one would you hate to get the most? The amount of people that say depression, like. It staggers me. I often think that everyone would hate to get dementia the most. Um, be, but then you ask these people, and this is what I find fascinating about talking to people that are aging. They often say, well, if you don't know what's going on, then you're not going to be bothered by it. But then people that have, ha- that have had a personal experience would say, no, well, these people do know what's going on um, mm-hmm. and they are bothered by it. But if it's not dementia, people really don't want, uh, They would. M- the last thing they would want to get is depression. Um, That's right. And it makes sense, but I do think one of the biggest keys is if you're not exercising, I can see that you'd be in that headspace. But if you exercise, it's you know quite possible to make it easier to not um, not be even have to think about depression. I don't know about you, Damo, but I don't think about depression at all. Um, well, we don't, but we're not afflicted by it. But you know what's interesting about that is that, and I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit down a sciencey route here. Both of those diseases, dementia and depression, both of them are closely linked to movement for two different reasons. One, depression is the extreme end of stress and then anxiety leading to insomnia and then subsequently depression. So there's a stress cascade that takes place there. So we've got to rewind it. So at some point, people have been stressed. That stress got out of control, turned to anxiety. That then resulted in sleeplessness or insomnia, which results in a a decrease of melatonin and a subsequent decrease in serotonin. So they're now depressed. So in order to go back to being really well, you've got to actually, you know, go back through those phases of um, of poor health, of, of poor stress management. So you've got to go back through anxiety and then back into stress and then man- learn to manage your stress. And then you can actually get out of it. It's not because you're deficient in Prozac that you're depressed. It's because other things have gone wrong. Well, can I can I ask you then? Can yeah. can you can I uh, suggest that it, that one thing could be that someone is deficient in exercise? Yeah, I think so. I think that as a prescription, in in many countries around the world, they're prescribing exercise. In fact, they're talking about with green prescriptions here in Australia and certainly in New Zealand as well, that a green prescription would be that you could be prescribed exercise and then as a result of that, you get a a discount or Medicare will fund some of your gym membership. That is, I've thought about this and I think that is the leading way, that is the way of the future in terms of a health system, isn't it? Where people are rewarded People are rewarded for actually being healthy rather yeah. than rewarded for being sick where we get you know free operations and free this, that, and the other for actually leading such toxic lifestyles. We actually <laughs> – um, well, I still maintain if you had to have a triple bypass and it was going to yes. cost you $20,000, don't yeah. you reckon before you spent the twenty grand you would actually go and change your lifestyle? Yeah, I um, would say that. Yep. Or, you know, maybe just get everything cleaned out just in case your heart's not going to make it through the exercise and then go start exercising. Yeah. So that, you know is, what I mean? Is that called a green prescription, did you say? It's called a green prescription. That is fantastic. I do actually remember I either read it or Wally told us on the interview, but, you know, he is one of those GPs that won't push pills and we, he will actually say, you know what? Uh, your diabetes is not going to be helped with uh, a whole bunch of medication. Let's actually get you out exercising and then come back and see me in two weeks or four weeks. That's exactly right. It's, it's so true. Now, the other thing when we go talk about diabetes, dementia is in fact – oh, hang on a second. Diabetes re- of the brain. Yeah, I'm just going to be careful of that because there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, that's not the case. But 
In the research that I'm reading at the moment, and what we actually see is that there's an insulin resistance of the brain. So the brain actually starts to become resistant to insulin. The, the danger with the brain becoming resistant to insulin is that sugar is the major fuel source for the brain, or in fact, it's the only fuel source of the brain. So the brain without ketone bodies or sugar doesn't doesn't go too well. So in fact, it's it's very, very poor in its function. So it starts to get smaller, it's starved, and as things get starved, like with muscles, for example, if you don't have muscle fuel going to the muscles, they get smaller. Same as the brain, if you don't get the fuel going to the brain, it gets smaller. Now, in the case of dementia, if you exercised better, you would not actually have resistance to insulin. And this is one of the things that we're talking about. If you exercise more, you're less likely to get dementia because you're going to use your sugars more efficiently. Now, if you've already got diabetes or you've got blood sugar dysfunction, you've got to exercise more than the average person. So you've got to get out there and exercise better. You've got to eat better. It's not a deficiency of methotrexate or any kind of other drug. <laughs> or sorry, not methotrexate, metformin. We're talking about you know, or a deficiency of injectable insulin, we're talking about dysfunction within your body. So get your spine right, get your nervous system right, get out and exercise, do some meditation instead of medication and eat better food and you're going to do so much better. Can I ask you on this? I know we're digressing uh, somewhat, but when you spoke earlier about, um, you know, the ketones and the, and the glucose that the body requires in order to function at its best of the brain, um, Coconut oil has become a big focus in in dementia and and it's uh, and improving it. And um, there's some great videos out there of I forget the lady's name, but I do talk about her husband in my talks where uh, she's a uh, pediatric uh, GP over in the states, and she started to feed her husband coconut oil. Mm. Started to put on his breakfast in the morning, and they do a clock test over in the US. They may even do it over here where you draw a clock, yeah. and uh, his actual brain function began to improve because. Yeah, the coconut oil allowed the brain to actually um, to to feed on ketones. Um, <laughs> it's cool, huh? It's cool, isn't it? And this is the yeah. whole thing. That, you know, people might you know start to get bored by the whole. You just need to improve your lifestyle. You just need to improve your lifestyle. But as you've just said, it's medica- It's it's meditation, not medication. Uh, it. It's exercising, not sedentary. Um, it's eating well, not eating poorly. It, as we said, I think on our previous podcast, it's the foundations of health that are never going to change. The world's mm-hmm. going to change. You know, Mark Cohen um, just in a, in a previous podcast was saying that the foundations of aging well haven't changed. The playing field has changed. We live in That's a different true. world. doesn't mean that exercise yes. is less important. If anything, it's more important because of the world that we live in. And yep. people are getting, you know, people might be getting sick and tired of hearing the same old message day in, day out. But, you know, in many ways, that's often why I think, you know, the wellness couch exists because there's so much overlap. You know, there's so much content that really is quite similar. But people need to hear it over and over and over again because yep. the message of aging and the message of health and wellness is constantly being degenerated by whether it's the media or society or cultural friends that isn't allowing us to, I suppose, fully embrace our own health. This is true. This is true. And look, they're, they're all very, very valid points. So it, it's, it's so important to keep all that in mind and take all that in mind. You're right. With the playing field changing, we've got to lift our game. We've actually got to be doing things better, but it seems. And, you know, by saying better, it doesn't mean that we've got to go out and do, instead of doing 5Ks, we've got to do 10Ks. It's just, you've just got to be more mindful 
that there's a whole lot more barrage of stressors in our lifestyle that you know can take us off course. Now, I just want to go back a little bit. We, you know, there's a couple of other girls we haven't actually spoken about: Megan Della Camina, Diane Albin, uh, Mandy Lake. They had some really cool insights as to the things that you should be doing. Um, and look, the people that live the longest in the world tend to be women. Like they tend to do the best. Yes, and, yes, yes. You know, I know that they say they're stronger, stronger than us blokes, and you know they're better than us. And you know, who am I to argue? I'm just a mere male, right? So, but what's interesting is that Megan uh, shared that she, you know, we should have a great sleep. You know, a great sleep ritual is really important. Now, it's interesting because sleep is so intrinsically tied to depression and so intrinsically um, tied to repair. So, if we don't sleep enough, we don't repair enough, which means that we're often going to wake up tired. If we don't sleep well, we wake up tired, we can't exercise. So, many, many times people use the excuse I'm too tired to exercise. Yes. Well, you know, part of that is that you're not, exercising, you're not exercising enough. Yes. That's and if, it. Exactly. And then if you do exercise, then you're more likely to fall asleep more easily and have a better night's sleep. This is it. This is it. So, you know, she talks about sleep rituals. So turning the lights down, dimming them a little bit, you know, just allowing the melatonin to kick in from the brain. The pineal gland in the brain actually senses light change. And so as the light decreases, melatonin starts to flood. If you don't get tired at nighttime, it means you haven't spent enough time in the sun through the daytime. So it's really important. Uh, um, a little stretching, a little bit of yoga is a nice thing to go to bed. Imagine going to bed feeling nice and limbered up and nice and, and, uh, and nimble and flexible. That could be great for lots of different things, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, but I say that now as a 40-year-old, right? Uh, some light reading is always good, a cup of tea in bed, some cuddles, some gratitude, visualization, giving thanks for what you've actually had that day. Um, these sorts of things are really nice. And, of course, having calm, sweet dreams. A lot of that's to do with the temperature that your bed is. So if you go to bed with a, 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 a what are they called, an electric blanket, if you've got one of those things on your bed. No, you know, no, 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 no. You know, but if, if some, you know, some people do, MP, and electric blankets, not only do they emit electromagnetic magnetic radiation into your body while you're sleeping they actually keep your bed too hot and when your bed's too hot not only will you sweat through your head and through your feet which is going to give you dandruff and all kinds of issues with um, temperature regulation but because you get too hot you wake up through the night to go to the toilet because your body has to cool you down so oh. it'll either make you first fire or it's going to take you to to um to the toilet or you'll have a restless sleep because you're tossing and turning trying to get comfortable you're not going to have a restless sleep generally if you have appropriate bed clothes and you can maintain proper core temperature it's if you get too cold or you get too hot then you're going to find yourself restless at night time you are amazing you are a wealth of information dk <laughs> you are the best. Hey, I just got to ask you because we said at the beginning that we wanted to share our own routines. Just give us a rundown, Damo, of, of your typical weekly exercise routine. Oh, uh, you know what? The thing that's most typical about my exercise routine is that it's atypical. So, okay, well, and that, well, that's a good example because that's, yeah. you know, a lot of people might be in that situation as well. And so if I'm traveling, MP, I will do exercise in a gym or I'll go for a little jog when I'm in that particular state, country, town, um, hotel, wherever I'm staying, I'll go for a little jog or I'll go into the gym, depending on what the weather's like. But I always take my shoes with me, my gym gear, so that I can at least get a squeeze of workout in. If I'm really time poor, like I've got to do some recordings with you guys or I've got to go and do a presentation, I might do 50 push-ups or 100 sit-ups or a little bit of jogging on the spot, some star jumps, you know, simple star jumps yeah, yeah. just in my room, like just to get my heart rate pumping and blood flowing. And I'll do those sorts of things. Um, or, you know, if I'm feeling that way inclined, and I haven't recently because I did actually injure my knee, I would do my insanity workouts. So, and I love my insanity workouts. They're totally portable. I can just turn it on on my iPad or I can whack it on my computer. I can, off I go, go and do my exercise. It's really, really good. Um, 
if I'm at home in Melbourne, I'll go for a walk or a jog or a run around the park. You've got a great park here and we can go do stuff. And there's some equipment that I can stop at. I'll do some chin-ups. I'll do some uh, press-ups. I'll do some sit-ups. Um, I'll do some stretching. I'll do those sorts of things on my walk, my jog, my run, whatever I'm doing in the day. Um, and I also do a personal training session. So I'll do one personal training session at least a week. Um, and... Uh, and Usually my personal training session, I'm, I'm focusing on particular muscles. So in order to keep my back nice and strong, because I'm a chiropractor, I've got to make sure my shoulders, my back, my chest is all really strong. I do particular exercises to make sure that's working really well. And I try to make sure that the muscles, even though they're strong, they're long. So I stretch a lot. That's really important. Yeah, gee, that's good. That's fantastic. Well, for what it's worth, as a uh, parent of two young kids, my, my exercise time is always early in the morning when the kids are asleep. It hasn't yeah. worked so well lately since their sleeps went a little bit AWOL. But um, generally, I'd be up at 5.40 in the morning and I'd be at the gym for 6 and I'd be home uh, for quarter to 7. Um, and that would be a half an hour workout, whether it's a boot camp with a PT, um, going for a run, um, boxing. That would be my Monday to Friday roll. And then Saturday or Sunday is always pretty loose. I could uh, go for a run, might just go for a long walk with the family, with the kids, uh, take Derby for a sleepy walk in the pram for an hour or so. Um, but like we said throughout the whole podcast demo, there's always regular movement. Even yes. if, even on the days that there's been a big workout, there's still yeah 50 star jumps or stretching for five minutes. There's always a stretch in the morning and uh, before bed because I like what you said earlier. You, you just want to limber up, even though it sounds a bit counterproductive, and counterintuitive. Um, you just you want to limber up before you go to bed. You don't want to go to bed stiff and sore, especially if you've been sitting in a computer like we are at the moment at night time uh, <laughs> doing a podcast. That's, that's, yeah, that's, it. Right. that's it, getting a numb bum. You want to actually stay um, limber before you go to bed so that you're, you're nice and rested when um, when it's time to sleep. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, mate. Well, I hope uh, you guys have got a lot out of this edition of 100 Not Out. Remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways, but the best way is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com slash 100 Not Out. Also, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, this is Dr. Lawrence Tam from Inside the Champion's Mind. So how does spending 10 hours with the Wellness Guys, the Upper Chat Girls, and 500 other wellness-minded people sound to you? Well, on Saturday, August 17th at the Crown in Melbourne is the place to be for our next Wellness Summit. Group discounts are available for 10 or more delegates, so why not bring your colleagues, your friends, and family for even greater experience? For group discounts and to secure your spot, go to thewellnesssummit.com.